ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go beyond the bell. Speaking of bizarre, that would take us to gold dust. Hollywood, my home park. My home territory. The town that put the gold into gold dust. The city where the meth was born. But hark, who goes there? Some other who claims to shine like that of a star. Well, I apologize, but the sun beating down off one's gold-plated razor doesn't tend to have the same glow as the golden lightsabers which explode by precious metal. Lizard, I must guard what is rightfully mine. I must let no man think that his star shines brighter than mine. I must secure the legend. I must live up to the name. to go old school once again wrestling fans the pro wrestling nostalgia podcast taking the world by storm especially the IWC this is Beyond the Bell archived at ringannouncing.com and snsradionetwork.com this is the pro wrestling nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell powered by the SNS Radio Network And I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, back with you to bring you all things nostalgia in sports entertainment. This is going to be a fun show, folks, because we're going to take a trip back in time. TikTok fans, we turn back that clock to rewind to relive the greatest debut vignettes in professional wrestling history. What is a vignette, you may ask? Well, it's a video, usually a video package of... An introduction to a superstar, or a new superstar about to make his debut in an organization, gives you an idea of the background, the character, the type of personality that's going to be debuting inside the squared circle. From hilarious to demonic, a vignette can leave an instant impact, that first impression, on a brand new upcoming superstar. Tonight, we look back at the greatest and worst vignettes in professional wrestling history. From the most popular superstars, the successful vignettes for a newcomer, to the mysterious ones, funny characters, and on-the-job wrestlers, we can call them, quote-unquote, to repackage superstars that need a reboost, therefore need a new vignette, to the unsuccessful debuts that required vignette promotion, to the tag teams. And then the modern day era, the superstars that debuted, but when you watched the vignette, you didn't really see world champion when finishing that video promo. 
and then we'll finish it off with a perfect way to end the broadcast. All this and more on the vignette edition of Beyond the Bell. We cover it all. But first, it's time to go behind the mic. Let's go to our ring announcer. This is where we take you backstage behind the scenes to give you an inside look of what it is like to be a professional wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Support independent wrestling, folks. Courtesy of Barbershop Window, let's go back in time to the moment, the instance, the opportunity I had to announce Native American Tatanka to the ring. It was an experience, to say the least. It took place in Delaware. And Chris Chavez, Native American Tatanka, was a very, very nice guy. At first, you could say that he keeps to himself, or they keep to themselves at times, these superstars. But you could say maybe it's not their doing. It's more so other superstars, or should I say uh, potential, ambitious, future superstars. These independent wrestlers are afraid to go up to these superstars. But Tatanka had his little corner. Uh, the, the thing I... That really drew me when I walked into the locker room, and I, of course you shake everybody's hand, and I shook Chris's hand, and very polite, strong, thick hands. Uh, but what what caught me was his big headgear, that big feather headgear that you see from that you've seen before from Chief J. Strongbow, you know Wahoo McDaniel. You can count the the. You cannot capture the impact that this big feather headgear has on television. Seeing it live, it was just—it was a beautiful headpiece. But Chris Chavez was such such a great guy to speak with. Told us about stories traveling with the WWE at the time, WWF, and how he was uh, excited when the opportunity came to turn heel. He had the, he had the uh, first really popular. You could say undefeated streak in professional wrestling, where they really pushed him hard, um, and he was just so gracious and happy to be having that op- to be given that opportunity uh, in the WWF, and then switching over, becoming a heel with the Million Dollar Man and the Million Dollar Corporation, the evil Native American Tatanka, the the Native Sellout, um, and that that character formation. Um, but a story some people may know, may not know. Someone threw asked him a question throughout there, and. It was great to, to get an inside look. He actually, he's old school, I tell you guys, because he had a bunch of stories thought up during his second run um, in the WWE then at the time when they brought him back after, I think it was a one-shot deal when he feuded with, I think, Kurt Angle, and they brought him back after a successful run. Tatanka was was so gung-ho for this second run over on the SmackDown brand that he had a bunch of ideas, a long list of ideas, and someone threw it out there to him where they heard that he kept all these ideas on a floppy disk, that, that, that you know, the 3 by 5 whatever it was, the, that floppy disk, the old-school floppy disk, not a, not a DVD, not a CD, not a USB, a floppy drive, you know, the old-school drives that I don't even think are 
or even an existence on new computers now. Um, and then he handed it, of course, to the writing team. They asked if that was true. They heard rumors, of course, but he admitted he submitted a floppy disk over to the writing team with a bunch of ideas. I wonder what program he used. You know, the initial word before Office even took it over? I don't know. Handed him a disk, maybe notepad, right? With ideas, but he was so gung-ho for the character. And one of the ideas that I thought would have really worked for Tatanka was being that that stereotypical Native American casino owner, owning land, owning a casino, being that hybrid JBL, um, now what we see with Alberto Del Rio, that type of gimmick, being that rich casino-owning um, Native American would have been a good twist for the Tatanka character during the modern-day age. But nevertheless, Tatanka was a great person to meet and experience the opportunity to announce and be and have him being brought to the ring by my voice was so special to me and being able to say Native American Tatanka was so special to me as I remember being a kid Saturday mornings watching Tatanka march his way down the aisle and do the war dance inside the squared circle being able to announce him was priceless so courtesy of Barbershop Window let's replay the audio of my opportunity in Delaware for an independent wrestling promotion announcing Native American Tatanka to the ring. down here today in my vintage 68 Cadillac. You know, fine cars are like fine wine. They just seem to get better with age. Isn't that right, Billy Ray? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. You know, old Double J here, he takes care of his property, unlike the corrupt country music business. You know, they say proof's in the pudding. Well, I got the pudding right here. Take a look. Uh-oh. Here it is. The finest example of the corrupt country music business. The Ryman Auditorium, home of the Grand Ole Opry. Well, look at this place. Graffiti on the walls. This place is run down. It's in shambles. It's condemned. Well, this place is dead. Just like two of the greatest country music stars ever to play on that stage in there, right here on this stage, Conway Twitty. Why, he's dead and buried. Oh, Lord. And another guy, George Jones. He's still breathing all right, but his career's been dead for years. Oh, neither one of them guys could sing. Oh, unlike Double J here. Speaking of death, hey, Billy Ray, what's that dead boy's name in the WWF? Undertaker. Yeah, The Undertaker. This place reminds me of The Undertaker. Dead, decrepit, run down, in shambles. Undertaker boy, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to use the WWF. And when I get done, oh, after it's all said and done, they're going to rename the WWF. That's right, they're going to rename it. The Double J.F. Oh, that's right. And then they're going to come back here. That's right. Look at this sign. It's not going to say Ryman Auditorium. It's not going to say Home of the Grand Ole Opry. 
it's going to say the Devil J Auditorium. That's right. The home of the greatest country music singer that ever lived. That's right. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, oh Double J. That's Double J. J-E. Double F. J-A. Double R. E. Double T. That's Double J. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> The pre-debut and debut vignettes in professional wrestling. What can you say? Some produced the greatest superstars of all time. Some not so much. But you cannot deny, bad or good, they definitely made entertaining television. They definitely made for entertaining television. So before we get started, let's make a quick note that all the audio clips you'll hear tonight, wrestling fans, are all owned and copyrighted by World Wrestling Entertainment. We're just here to rewind and relive these great segments. So let's kick things off with the more popular and successful vignettes in professional wrestling history. At the start of the segment, right as we began, at the start of our first segment, we played Double J, Jeff Jarrett. His vignettes really struck me as a wrestling fan because they were unique at the time, gave you some cadence to his name, J-E-double-F. J-A-R-R-E-double-T made it stick in your head, made you remember this new superstar coming through. Therefore, you're more likely to want to see him come to the ring. Plus, it gave him a character. And you cannot deny it was a successful character for Jeff Jarrett, leading to the Intercontinental Championship. So you cannot deny the Double J country singing character was a very successful one with a debut vignette that is very, very old school and memorable. That's right, folks. That's J-E-double-F. Uh, let's go to the clip. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Double J here again. That's J-E-double-F. J-A-double-R-E-double-T. That's Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Got my driver here, Billy Ray Brooks. Brought me down here today in my vintage 68 Cadillac. You know, fine cars, like fine wine. They just seem to get better with age. Isn't that right, Billy Ray? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. You know, old Double J here, he takes care of his property, unlike the corrupt country music business. You know, they say proof's in the pudding. Well, I got the pudding right here. Take a look. Uh-oh, here it is. The finest example of the corrupt country music business. The Ryman Auditorium. Home of the Grand Ole Opry. Well, look at this place. Graffiti on the walls. This place is run down. It's in shambles. It's condemned. Well, this place is dead. Just like two of the greatest country music stars ever to play on that stage in there, right here on this stage, Conway Twitty. Well, he's dead and buried. Oh, Lord. And another guy, George Jones. He's still breathing all right, but his career's been dead for years. Oh, neither one of them guys could sing. Oh, unlike Double J here. Speaking of death, hey, Billy Ray, what's that dead boy's name in the WWF? Undertaker. Yeah, The Undertaker. This place reminds me of The Undertaker. Dead, decrepit, run down, in shambles. Undertaker boy, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to use the WWF. And when I get done, oh, after it's all said and done, they're going to rename the WWF. That's right, they're going to rename it. The Double J-F. Oh, that's right. And then they're going to come back here. That's right. Look at this sign. It's not going to say Ryman Auditorium. 
It's not going to say home of the Grand Ole Opry. It's going to say the Double J Auditorium. That's right. The home of the greatest country music singer that ever lived. That's right. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, oh Double J. That's Double J. J-E. Double F. J-A. Double R. E-Double T. It's Double J. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> we play this clip at the top of our program. One of the greatest debut vignettes of all time. One of the greatest characters of all time. Gold dust. I truly am being honest here when I say after watching this segment, my draw dropped. My mouth was open. I remember my mom saying, Sean, what's wrong with you? I couldn't believe what I was watching on the television. I look over to my right and I see my dad who's sitting next to me on the couch and his draw his jaw dropped grown man young boy teenage boy or maybe from the time getting to that teenage years jaws dropped at this gold dust character you didn't know what to make of it was it a cross dresser was it this a man imitating a movie star was he imitating Marilyn Monroe what is this character? And as he started to talk, my dad said, that's Dustin Rhodes. I couldn't believe the reincarnation of Dustin. I heard through the uh, dirt sheets, you could say, the magazines, that Dustin Rhodes was coming to the World Wrestling Federation, coming back from leaving WCW. He made a brief stint before with Dusty when Dusty was the polka dot wearing American dream. Son of a plumber. But left, of course, to go back to WCW to become the natural Dustin Rhodes. But once we heard he left, WCW had a falling out with his dad, Dusty, and made a trip back to the World Wrestling Federation. At first, I thought we were going to receive the natural character, but more on his own because he wasn't paired off with his father. But instead, they went in a completely different direction with the character known as Goldust. And no one can deny, if not one of the best the greatest debut vignettes of all time. And Dustin Rhodes made sure by the end of this debut vignette promo you would never forget the name of Gold Dust. These heels are Hollywood. It's called Stardom. I dripped. I bathed in it. I revel in it. That's why they call me Gold Dust. In time, your heartbreak kid will witness the presence of a real star. Not a figment of mere boy's imagination. There will soon be a permanent vacancy in the Heartbreak Hotel. So I say to you, Come with me if you want to live. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, Hollywood. Land of the stars, the home place of the rich and the famous. A corner of the world in Southern California where dreams are made and lives shattered. Many people have come into this magical town and made quite a name for themselves. 
got Dean. And you got Bogart. And you're Keck. You're Peck. Cold dust. My favorite Marilyn Monroe. The Tinseltown roll call goes on and on and on. However, <laughs> there is a difference between these stars and the legend. Cellular gods and goddesses were fabricated. They were cloned into stardom by teams of writers, producers, and directors. They learned. They spent many summer days in acting 101. That's the difference. And that is the difference. Look into my eyes. That the difference between them you see I was born a star it was a gift from that great one in the sky no editing just pure talent superstars of the World Wrestling Federation gold dust comes up to the sea Quick. Not in Kansas any longer. When I defeat your diesel champion, they put more gold around my waist. I'm going to invite you to be my personal guest. At the biggest. I'm in the of your life. Oscar, step aside. Gold dust. Say hello to the bad guy. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Okay, that's my bad Razor Ramon impersonation. Another one of the greatest superstars ever entered the squared circle. But not only that, one of the greatest pre-debut vignettes of all time. Seeing Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, strut his way through the streets of Miami, Florida gave you an automatic impression that this was a true superstar in the making. And you knew you had something special with this Razor Ramon character. He drew you in. He made you, he made you anticipate his debut, wondering what type of true character are we going to get from Razor Ramon. We take you now, ladies and gentlemen, to a Cuban immigrant, an individual who apparently feels as though the streets of America are paved with gold. Here is Razor Ramon. Ramon. Razor Ramon. I come from the gutter. I know that. I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look at the gold. Look at my clothes. I'm a success. I'm coming to the WWF. All I want is what I got coming to me. The world, chico. 
everything in. Our next vignette wasn't the most inspirational, you can say, vignette of all time, or even the most memorable. I think it's one of the most important vignettes of all time because it laid the groundwork for one of the greatest, if not the greatest, professional wrestler of all time, the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. What made it different and special and successful is the undertone it had because even though it was a vignette promoting the athleticism, the achievements of the gold medal winning in the 1996 Olympics, this Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle... It had a cocky, um, condescending tone to it, where it was more so bragging about his accolades, making himself seem like he's the hometown goody-two-shoes good guy, that it automatically were, was going to turn him, automatically making him a heel in the process. The Attitude Era was in full effect during this time, so this promo was too goody-two-shoes, in turn making him a heel, which in turn, at the same time, was the exact purpose of this promo, therefore making it one of the best debut vignettes of all time. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Kurt Angle. People obviously know that I was an Olympic champion, but I've had success my whole life. I was a state champion and junior national champion in high school, a two-time NCAA champion, three-time All-American in college, athlete of the year three times in college. I was an athlete of the year four times after college on the Olympic level. I was a five-time national champion on the Olympic and world level, a 1995 world champion, and in 1996, I shocked the world when I won the Olympic Games. I believe that destiny brought me to win this gold medal and that it's taken me to the next level, the WWF, where I had the opportunity to further showcase my talents. Kurt Angle, the most celebrated real athlete in WWF history. Wrestling fans, let's turn the page now and look at some of the mysterious debut vignettes of all time. And when you talk about mysterious, you have to mention the character known as Mankind. I say character because this is one of the three faces of Foley. As opposed to Dude Love and Cactus Jack, Mankind, his pre-debut vignettes were so special because they were so mysterious, so dark, so villainous, that you heard the voice. That voice sounded familiar. You heard rumblings that Mick Foley was making his way to the World Wrestling Federation but you didn't know what character he was going to portray. Was he going to come back as Cactus Jack, as we previously saw him in WCW? Or was there a new character in store for Mick Foley? We heard that screechy, whiny voice come through our television screens, that dark dungeon atmosphere, and we heard Foley's infamous screech. Therefore, we knew mankind was Mick Foley. These promos led up to his debut, building anticipation, which made the character so special as he took his attacks straight to The Undertaker. But these debut vignettes are one of the greatest of all time. Have a nice day. And on the eighth day, God created mankind. Why was he having such a bad day? Why did he create all of you normal and forget so many important parts of me? He made the teeth that I swallowed 
fear that was ripped from my skull. A face that no longer exists. And the fingers that no longer play the music. Normal. You think you're normal. Deep inside, you are merely a mirror image of all my atrocities. The ugliness that exists outside lives inside every one of you. Yeah. On the eighth day, God created me. Maybe he should have slept that day too. And before he was the rated R superstar, he was the unknown mysterious edge. With rage, fury, and full of envy, what does this mysterious superstar have in store for us WWF fans before we were a universe? During the Attitude Era, we didn't know what to expect of this mysterious edge besides these creepy promos. Undaunted, he heads for the horizon, like some Spanish galleon's quest, searching for the water's edge. The mysteries of this life unfold when we embrace the edge and then let go. I know in my own personal experience, these vignettes creep the crap out of me. The prisoner from the big boss man's past has come back to avenge his previous encounters with the boss man. Nails was coming to get the big boss man. His voice alone made this vignette so creepy. But it was effective. Another day. Another day closer. Another day closer to getting out of here and coming for you, boss man. You know what the difference between a Gator and a WWF superstar is? Gator don't make all that much noise when you're skinning him alive. <laughs> don't ever believe your eyes. Because what you see may not be exactly what you think you see. The stalker is on his way to the WWF to pursue the most evasive game known, the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. The pursuit will not be trivial. It will be deadly. Speaking of creepy, I have one word for you. Heidenreich. The time is at hand. The time to be afraid is now. Heidenreich. I'm gonna make an impact. Victimize. Victimize everyone in my path. I like that word. Victimize. He wants it so badly. I can taste it. I crave it. I'm getting impatient. No one will ever doubt me again. I wonder where I'll victimize someone next. 
Hey, isn't SummerSlam just three days away? Heidenreich. Heidenreich. My time is now. And when we talk about mysterious and creepy, the vignette to cap all vignettes had to have been Whale and Mercy. The previous Dan Spivey came into the role of Whale and Mercy in the, we could say, spirit of the movie The Fan with Robert De Niro. Whale and Mercy character, very deliberate, very slow in the cadence of talking, seems like your friend, but he has ulterior motives. Whale and Mercy, one of the creepiest pre-debut vignettes of all time. It's Whale and Mercy again. Out here enjoying this peaceful surroundings, enjoying nature, enjoying these insects, enjoying this worm. But you know something? I enjoy worms, but I don't enjoy worms crawling on me. Just like when I get in that wrestling ring, I don't like wrestlers touching me, and I definitely don't want them crawling on me. And if they do so, I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to get smushed just like this worm. You know what I mean? So let's do a 180, wrestling fans. From the mysterious and creepy to the funny and the amazing characters in professional wrestling. From those that made us laugh and cry to just chuckle and maybe, quite frankly, made us ashamed to be wrestling fans. But in itself, these characters made a mark in professional wrestling for their personality, the gimmick behind the wrestler. And more so, we saw in any other promotion, we're talking AWA, WCCW, the NWA, WCW, you name it. The one promotion that had the craziest, the wide variety of characters was the World Wrestling Federation. At one point, it seemed like each wrestler had a job outside of wrestling. Well, let's talk about those funny characters in professional wrestling. And what a way to cap it off. One of the greatest characters to ever step foot inside the squared circle had to have been the Mountie. Jacques Rougeau took the character of the Mountie, grabbed a hold of it, and made such an impact because he was so entertaining. And the vignettes for the Mountie were just as such. Made an impact, and the Mountie always got his man. Officer! Officer! I'm I'm looking for the United States! Officer, I'm not an officer. I'm the Mountie. Well, Mr. Mountie, I'm looking for the United States. Which way do I go to get to the U.S.? I'm not a tour guide. I'm the Mountie. But, as a Mountie, I do know something that all Mounties know. Let me show you. This end of my horse points to Canada. Come on. And this end of my horse points to the state. Even if you're an American, the Mountie always gets his... We mentioned this superstar earlier behind the mic, Native American Tatanka. With fanfare and promise, Tatanka was debuted in pre-vignette packages. These vignettes for Tatanka were very unique and special at the time as it gave a feel for the character Behind Chris Chavez, Tatanka was the Native American warrior coming to make an impact in the World Wrestling Federation. And these vignettes showing him a part of his tribe rounded the character 
of Native American Tatanka, which made it so special and unique for its time. Be wary of the white culture. Sitting Bull, you know, he told us one time, he said, take what is good from the white man and leave the red. One Native American chief stood above all others. His name is Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse, in reality, did preserve a lot of the things that we have today. He was a warrior. He fought for his way of life. A lot of the people that looked up to him back in that age, they were happy because there was somebody that was willing to stand up for them. Now, in the shadow of Crazy Horse, a new warrior will be born. His name will be known by all living creatures. He will embody the soul of all Native Americans. His name means buffalo. He will be called Tatanka. When we talk characters, it's time for us to delve into the on-the-job characters in professional wrestling. From your regular average day Joe to a plumber by the name of T.L. Hopper, we had all different characters step foot inside the squared circle. These are just a couple that came with pre-debut vignettes. Let's kick things off with Duke the Dumpster Drossy, the on-demand Garbage man of the World Wrestling Federation. Skip. Hey, Eric. Hot five. All right. Hey, I don't take garbage from anybody. Well, well, yeah, I do. But it's six foot six, three hundred and five pounds. I don't have to take it unless I choose to. tell you superstars of the world wrestling federation you better watch out because duke the dumpster drosy is on route to the wwf and of course you have a prototypical automatic heel in the tax man as mike rotunda turned into erwin r shyster with april 15th just a few weeks away i'd like to take a moment to offer a little advice as a certified tax expert on exactly what constitutes deductible charitable contributions. First of all, to be deductible, charitable contributions must be accompanied by signed receipts. Now, I know your heart might be in the right place, but unless your receipts are in the right place, too, like here on my desk, then deductions for charitable donations are not allowable. Besides, who are you trying to kid? You don't give to charity out of the goodness of your heart. You do it out of greed. And the only person you're really trying to help by giving is you. You make the donations, you take the deductions, and you pay less tax. Well, I say that's cheating, which, in case you've forgotten, is not allowable either. <laughs> oh, I love this. Besides a tax man, who else would you hate? But none other than a repo man. Former smash of demolition, Barry Darso took a hold of the Repo Man character. Hey, you're about to witness a crime. Yeah, this is the one. Hey, you know the lady who lives here? She's three days late on her car payments. Three full days! 
That ain't no lady. That's a... That's a car thief! Me, I'm the repo man. You know what that means? That means what's mine is mine. And if you're late on any payment, if you're late... What's yours is mine, too. From a repo man to the big boss man, your corrections enforcer, your law enforcement officer from Cobb County, Georgia. The big boss man, Ray Trailer, made an impact for his character and the uniqueness of the individual. Ray Trailer made the big boss man character, made you believe in the big boss man as he was a previous corrections officer before becoming a sports entertainer professional wrestler. But the Big Boss Man character was successful because it was an enhancement, a blown-up version of the true character inside Ray Trailer. Um, all these low lives couldn't tell by judge and jury. But inside these walls, inside of my home, I'm the only judge. I'm the only jury. And if need be, I'm the executioner. And wrestling fans, we have a redneck for you, but not your prototypical redneck. We have an Asian redneck. Yes, I said it. An Asian-American redneck in Jimmy Wang Yang. Japanese restaurant is. I told this fella, if it ain't cooked in the barbecue pit, I ain't eating it. And let me tell you why. Because I'm a redneck. My name is Jimmy Wang Yang. I'm your boy. Now, when we look at pre-debut vignettes, they're usually used to introduce a new superstar to the wrestling fan. But at times, when a superstar is going stale or didn't hit it off with the fans initially, it's time to repackage, retool, if I may dare say, to hopefully get them over in a different aspect. So sometimes, pre-debut vignettes are used to re-debut a superstar. So these individuals, which we'll talk about, were repackaged and re-debuted via vignettes to reintroduce them to the professional wrestling fan. Let's give it a whirl to see if this will work on our audience. (laughs) I am good. I am just so damn good. (laughs) Wow, I'm great. Wow. Hello, ladies. My name is Thou Venus. <laughs> I've just been previewing my latest flick entitled Live Hard. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis is good, but Thou Venus is great. <laughs> You see, I'm the real deal, all natural, and ladies, <laughs> believe me, the gift that I have, no other male on the face of this planet has ever, ever been blessed with. <laughs> and when I penetrate the world wrestling federation 
all the ladies all across the country will be squealing in delight. <laughs> and oh yeah, you're going to get all of Val Venus. <laughs> wow, I am just so good. Oh. I am just great. Rotten, decaying, diseased, and yellow teeth are disgusting. My name is Dashing Cody Rhodes, and I'm here to tell you how you too can be dashing. Proper care of your teeth is a must for any distinguished gentleman. But don't use a regular toothbrush. These are for regular people. I use an electric toothbrush. It's easy to use and it's gentle on the gums. You want to go back and forth and then in a circular motion. Be sure to hit all your incisors and your canines. And don't forget your molars. They're the teeth in the back. Remember not to swallow the toothpaste. Spit it out gently. And then rinse your mouth out with a cold glass of bottled water. Just swish, swish, and spit. I'm Dashing Cody Rhodes, bringing you one step closer to dashing. Tito Santana, who was successful under his name, Tito Santana, but quite possibly as we enter the modern-day new generation of the World Wrestling Federation, you kind of associated Tito with the former 80s professional wrestling of the World Wrestling Federation, the rock and wrestling era. So, the creative team at the time thought it was time to repackage, retool, again, into more of a modern-day job type of character, like we mentioned previously. So, El Matador... Tito Santana was born. In order to excel to the heights I wish to attain in the World Wrestling Federation, I know there is something I must do. I must return to my native land. I must stand before my peers. I must look into the eye of the bull. I must come as close as possible to the menacing wreck of horns. I must know the thrill of the charge of the 2,000 pound beast. I must hear the adulation of my fans. I will become the very best I can be in the World Wrestling Federation. I will become El Matador. Arriba, let's do it. Bam Bam Bigelow previously entered the squared circle in the World Wrestling Federation, but came back to the WWF, repackaged, retooled, and on fire, dare I say. What is six foot four? 425 pounds! A burning fire! (laughs) 
what? What? Bam, bam, Bigelow! That's what? This individual was a head shrinker previously, and when we look now at the character, he's a hip-hop dancing rump shaker by the name of Rikishi. But before, the man was known as Fatu. From being initially a head shrinker, Fatu had many characters repackaged many times. At one point, he was the Sultan coming for you. What a character that was. But at one point, Fatu was born to save the people. This is where it all started for me, Fatu. This is where I grew up right here, Sunnydale, California. My address is 57 Blackdale. This was my playground where I used to hang out with all my little buddies, but as you can see now, it ain't there no more. My mom always told me, and I'll never forget this, she always told me, never forget who you are and never forget where you come from. Well, you know what, if my mama was here today, she'd be one proud lady, because I'm back home. This is where it all started. I'm going to show you where I grew up. It wasn't no big palace. It wasn't no big house. This is the door here. This little place. It might be little, but it was home sweet home for me and my brothers. And remember, when I come to the wrestling ring, WWF, I'm going to make a difference myself, just like my mama told me. And remember, there ain't no hope with dope. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody. Make a difference. We mentioned Double J earlier. Double J was repackaged during the Attitude Era for more of an edgier style. They went back to the country-born Jeff Jarrett after his NWA quote-unquote stint with Jim Cornette as the true champion in professional wrestling. That wasn't working. They went back to the country gimmick. Again, a little stale for the times of the Attitude Era. Therefore, Jeff Jarrett needed to be repackaged to the edgier Double J of the Don't Piss Me Off. Hunger. Holy wars, politics, ugly women in politics, masculine all Janet Reno, pigs. You know what else? <laughs> me off. Women with semen stained dresses. Semen stained dresses. That really <laughs> me off. Hillary Clinton. Stand by your man. You really <laughs> me off. You may now know him as the Godfather, but Kama Mustafa was repackaged previously from Papa Shango, the mysterious Papa Shango. But repackaged, retooled as Kama Mustafa, the supreme fighting machine. More menacing than Seagull. And faster than Van Damme. He's Kama, the supreme fighting machine. 330 pounds of thickly muscled beef in perpetual motion. And he's coming to the World Wrestling Federation. You may recognize this superstar from Demolition. The third member of Demolition, repackaged, retooled as the Hawaiian Kona Crush. You know, people are often wondering just how I got the name Crush. Well, it's simple. As long as I can remember, I've always liked to crush things. Now let's turn the tables to more of the unsuccessful vignettes in professional wrestling. These string of clips which will play back to back for you will involve a real man's man in Steven Regal, Thurman Sparky Plug. Yes, I said it. Hardcore Holly was previously Thurman Sparky Plug. Brackus. I don't know if you heard of a man named Brackus. If you haven't, this is why he wasn't successful. To Ludwig Borga. 
an undefeated superstar, which had a quick downfall. Speaking of downfalls, we have to include Man Mountain Rock, all these superstars, unsuccessful, but made memorable vignettes. Look at this garbage. Look at this filth. This pollution. The Pasca Rosca. I, Ludwig Borga, is going to tell you, Americans, what's really going on here. This filth, you call this the land of milk and honey? Well, down here, it stinks funny. And Lex Luger, you are proud of this? You stand up for all this filth, this pollution? Uh, this used to be a nice, beautiful river until you Americans started to clean your house. And right here, we can see what Americans are all about. Filth, pollution, corruption. And Lex Luger, if you stand up for all this, that makes you only one thing, a garbage driver. And America, it stinks down here. American stinks. Lex Luger stinks. So Americans choke on this. A natural wonder. Fresh air, blue skies, tall trees. A lesser human might be humbled by its grandeur. But not this man. There's not a tree in the forest he can't cut down to size. Meet Stephen Regal, a man's man. Golden with the warrior's spirit. His ancestry, noble. His soul, determined. His purpose, conquest. He is... Kenzo Suzuki.
Wrestling fans, let's remember, not just single stars require pre-debut vignettes, but yes, tag teams were introduced to us in this type of package. Quite frankly, one of the more popular tag teams initially of the new generation of the World Wrestling Federation were the Smoking Guns. And of course, they came to us from the wild, wild west. Guns in hand, on their horses. Since we signed with the WWF, all we've been hearing about is trouble. Trouble from the likes of the Head Shrinkers, Money Incorporated, and the Beverly Brothers. And you know, there's nothing like a little scrap to get a man's attention. So me and Bart figure that we're going to go to the WWF and look for a little tag team excitement. They'll go down. From there, we'll play back-to-back videos of another rugged and western tag team, a remodeled, retooled, repackaged tag team from the 70s and 80s. The new Blackjacks were born, Wyndham and Bradshaw. You want to know about the Blackjacks? Oh, it's time. The most that ever stepped into the ring. The Black Glove. Anyone gets in their way. The Black Claw. They're not going to like it. Winning at all costs. That's all that matters. Blackjacks. We'll ride again hard and fast. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> and who could forget the body donnas skip and sunny hey hey there she blows up with your uneasy chair there's one what a guy you can spot him every time and look over there on the sofa there's another one babe you're the best but you know you people out there let me tell you something don't make us raise our voices we're talking to you each and every one of you out-of-shape little mounds of goo. Mounds of goo. Thanks, babe. But you know, the two of us have elevated ourselves to a level of physical beauty that most people only dream about. We don't have to work at being as beautiful. We don't have to work at these bodies. We don't have to. But you people out there, you do. And so does everyone at the World Wrestling Federation. I'm Skip. And I'm Sunny. And we're the Body Donuts. And when we arrive here in the World Wrestling Federation, everything's going our way. Because we deserve it. Before they were the Godwins, we saw the debut of the hog farmer, Henry O. Godwin. Get it? Hog? Henry O. Godwin? Yes, I said it. And of course, this eventually led to the debut of Phineas I. Godwin. Get it? Hog? Pig? Hog? Pig? You get it. The Godwins. Howdy. My name's Henry Godwin. I'm from Bitters, Arkansas. This here's my hog pen and them mayor with them some of my hogs. Some folks thinks hogs is mean. They think they're ugly. And they think hogs are nasty. 
and they is. But the ugliest, meanest, nastiest hog of them all is me, Henry Godwin. And when I gets to the WWF, I'm finally going to be in hog heaven. As we turn the corner to the latter portion of our show right now, it's time to flip things to the modern day era of professional wrestling. As time went on, these pre-debut vignettes seemed to not be as frequent on television. Superstars just seemed to appear on our screen without any backstory or character. So we tend to lose our connection to them right away. But we did have some glimpses of superstars that came through the ranks, one of which we didn't expect to be as big of a star as they actually were. This individual, quite frankly, will... I believe, be a major power source for the World Wrestling Federation and sports entertainment as a whole going forward over the next 20, 30 years, quite possibly. And when we saw this pre-debut vignette of this individual, who would have thought they would garner such power just a mere 15, 20 years later? This individual we all knew as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hello, Hunter Hearst Helmsley here. You know, when it comes to riffraff delinquents, and hooligans, the World Wrestling Federation has more than its fair share. Bushwhackers who give hongies, how revolting. Head shrinkers who eat raw fish, please. And what about these smoking guns? I wouldn't wear a cowboy hat to a dog show. In other words, it's high time for all these superstars in the World Wrestling Federation to learn a lesson in class, in civility, and in how to be a gentleman. And I am just the man to teach them. Losers work hard to become champions, but for someone like me, being a champion just comes naturally. (laughs) One of the more popular pre-debut vignettes of the modern day era, especially post-attitude era, was the vignettes for Carlito Caribbean Cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. It set the stage for the character for Carlito. You know what cool is? You're looking at it. Cool is what you make it. And there's no cool like a baby cool. But some people don't want to be cool. Like this guy. And I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Viejo desgraciado. So when I come to the WWE, You better be cool. Cool like me. Carlito. Caribbean. The current, as of this recording, intercontinental champion, The Miz, who's 
I'd say one of the few superstars in my book that I underestimated. I hated this guy when I first saw him, and based upon this pre-debut vignette back in 2006 when we saw The Miz initially make his debut, you would have hated him too. One more, one more, 1005. Oh, I didn't see you guys there. We've done it all today. I mean, this place is like a playground. Water balloon time! <laughs> They're checking at the dance. Wow, really excited. I went to a gym and did Pilates. Miss, you're not moving. It was a little gassy. Get away and shoot through. I mean, I've, I've cooked with the cooks. Who wants something to eat, huh? I'm all day, look at that. Huh, sweetheart, what about you? I mingled with all the employees here at WWE. What do you do? Oh. What do I do here? I'm, what do you do here? Where are you going? Hey! Am I messing it up? I'm working here. But now it's time to make some misfits in the WWE SmackDown. Let's see how this goes. Time to make this dream a reality, baby. So to all you superstars out there, you can be good. What's my name? Miz. You can be bad. Say my name again. The Miz. But there's nothing like being the Miz. Hoorah! My name is Kofi Kingston. In the way the sun feels between my toes. This, this is my home. This is Jamaica. And this is paradise. I told us we're gonna buy it, all right? Excuse me, mister, can you watch where you're going, please? One second, I got some bratty kids here. Looks like there's some trouble in paradise. Let's turn the tables to one of the more popular vignettes for a pre-debuting superstar that actually worked very well for the character, and that was for the debuting Alberto Del Rio. Right away you knew what type of superstar you're going to get, and who would have thought from the facial expressions this superstar has currently inside the squared circle that he wore a mask for most of his career, but Alberto Del Rio made an impact with these vignettes. Esto es a lo que yo le llamo perfección. My name is Alberto del Río, el valiente entre todos los valientes. Bravery is an extraordinary attribute that lies in the heart of extraordinary men. I'm such a man. 
Bravery is more than facing overwhelming odds, more than speeding in the eye of adversity. For me, bravery involves breaking boundaries, abolishing cultural stereotypes, and competing with so much passion and cojones that people say you change their lives forever. They write you letters. They name their children after you. And in some cases, they send you gifts. Like this statue. El valiente entre todos los valientes. The bravest of the brave. Alberto del Río. Sophistication. Webster's Dictionary defines sophistication as the process or result in becoming knowledgeable, cultured, or disillusioned. Fortunately for you, I embody all of these qualities. Sadly, in these fast-moving times, sophistication has become both a lost art and collateral damage. Take, for example, the realm of social media. You are constantly bombarded by a never-ending attack of tweets and pokes. These serve not only to propagate your consciences, but further feed your moral decay and ethical inadequacies. No longer are your minds captured by the soft subtlety of a novel or the philosophical ideologies therein. Instead, you choose to govern your lives by mantras that are expressed in 140 characters or less. But fear not, for it is not only my duty, but my destiny to be your beacon of light in your harbor of iniquity, a light that will shine true and steadfast, and you can govern your lives by for years and years to come. You're welcome. Just like I mentioned earlier, the vignettes for one Triple H. They were quite different from the actual superstar we got years later. Same as such for this superstar that had pre-debuted vignettes on the re-debuted, rebranded ECW show owned by the WWE, the WWE version of ECW. CM Punk made his debut on that show, and these were the pre-debut vignettes, which featured this straight-edge superstar. Don't let these tattoos fool you. I'm straight-edge. I'm a man of great discipline. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. My addiction is wrestling. My obsession is competition. Discipline. My name is C.M. Punk. People like to come up to me and tell me that I got nice ink. Except these tattoos aren't just decorations. They're declarations. Every tattoo I have tells its own story about who I am. Drug-free. Honor. In a war against this system. See, I'm not just some kid looking for the next thrill. 
I'm an extremely disciplined athlete, craving to compete with the very best. My name is C.M. Punk. So what qualifies me to be here in ECW? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai Kickboxing, Kempo Karate, and the most regimented discipline of all, wrestling. See, I've trained extensively all over the world, and it's time everybody finds out exactly how disciplined I am while competing here with the best. Except I'm also disciplined enough to savor the anticipation of my debut. My name is C. M. I was born in Chicago, and I was raised on the streets. And I saw a lot of guys come and go that were handed everything they ever had on a silver platter. While I had to fight and scrape and claw for everything I am. I'm disciplined enough to wait, but now the wait's over. And this kid from the streets lives out his dream in one week. When I debut in ECW, my name is C.M. Punk. I am a man of discipline. The key... The key is to quell my passion before the battle. Release my passion in the battle. But tonight, there's no more quelling of my passion for competition. The waiting is over. I got the opportunity of a lifetime tonight. I debut in ECW. The time is now, and I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. My name is C.M. Punk. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. Barbershop Window, the brand new official sponsor of Beyond the Bell. They love wrestling and they love t-shirts, so they combine the two in order to fulfill their goal to create shirts that wrestling fans enjoy and will want to own and wouldn't be embarrassed to wear to a bar. New shirts are released every week and all past shirts can be found in the overstock bin. So go to barbershopwindow.com where they make wearing wrestling shirts cool again. Squared Circle Media. Jerome Willen provides audio and written content based on the latest in professional wrestling. Associated with wrestling.com, Ringside Digest, and the Camel Clutch blog, Squared Circle Media is for the true wrestling fan. You can reach them at squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com. The official website for the future of Ring Announcing and Beyond the Bell host, Ring Announcer, Sean Beckerman. This is the place where you'll find all the latest news and multimedia related to host, broadcaster, and podcaster, Sean Beckerman. So go to ringannouncing.com now and follow the future of Ring Announcing. Stitcher Radio is an on-demand internet radio service that focuses on news and information radio and podcasts. It's available on all smartphones, 
via the iTunes App Store and the Android Market. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy offers everything you need to make a name for yourself on the web. From domain names and website builders to complete e-commerce solutions. With more than 10.4 million customers and over 53 million domain names, GoDaddy is the leader in web development. SNSRadioNetwork.com is the home for all things related to professional wrestling, mixed martial arts, and video gaming. Catch the latest news on all three topics, including the Benchmark Show, Wrestling News Live, Sunday Night Showdown, The Pro Wrestling Rewind, The Elite Force Podcast, Why, and of course, Beyond the Bell with host Sean Beckerman. SNSRadioNetwork.com. If you're not listening, you're not trying. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com with the header advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time. Wrestling fans, that will wrap things up for another edition of the old school wrestling nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell. Powered by the SNS Radio Network. We took a trip down memory lane to rewind and relive the greatest debut vignettes in professional wrestling history. This was a fun show. A lot less of me talking, which you probably enjoyed, and more of the old school clips. I'm sure there are plenty more videos. If you have some ideas of vignettes that we missed, throw them at me on my Twitter, at Sean Beckerman. Also like me on Facebook. And you can email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at btbwrestling at gmail.com. Connect socially to Beyond the Bell. In the coming weeks, we have some great content for you fans. The Hulkamania Chronicles rounds up its series as we look back at Hulkamania returning to the World Wrestling Federation. WCW 101, where the big boys play, opens its next chapter. The popular series continues, not to mention the WCCW milestones as we're in the mid-80s in world-class history. And let's not forget the Horseman Files as the Horsemen changed shape and revolutionized the industry in the late 80s. And don't forget our specialty series coming your way, The Greatest Families in Professional Wrestling, The Gimmick Gala as we'll look back at many different types of gimmicks in professional wrestling. Remember, you can download all archive shows at ringannouncing.com and snsradionetwork.com as well as they're streamed on Stitcher Radio. So wrestling fans will wrap it all up with some old school music for you this week. And since we mentioned the pre-debut vignette of Double J Jeff Jarrett, the only song I thought we can end it with would be With My Baby Tonight by Double J. Was it Jeff Jarrett? No, it was the other, the real Double J, Jesse James. As the country music superstar Jeff Jarrett was becoming so popular in the World Wrestling Federation, why not make your own music video? It was successful, but the problem was that Jeff Jarrett was not the true singer behind the song. It was actually his roadie, the road dog. The roadie was the real singer, which we found out the real Double J, Jesse James. We should know him really as BG James, the road dog, but he was the real singer of With My Baby Tonight. So since we played a couple Double J clips, what a great way to end the show. Then with the original, With My Baby Tonight, I can actually sing every single line from this song. Pitiful, huh? I won't do that for you fans now, but we'll play the original recording, With My Baby Tonight, by Double J. So wrestling fans, I'll see you next week as we rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. But in the meantime, I'll see you at the matches.
Good night, everybody. I'm Wade Boggs. I want to show you a perfect hitter. Wow. Perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs>
Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network, and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time!